Hey, snitches. I heard that like from the depths. <laughs> like I was going to say something else, but I was watching you start to laugh and I was done. What were you going to say? I don't even know. I forgot. <laughs> hey, you guys. Hey. So it's basic snitches time. That's right. I am a And I am not Bellatrix Lestrange. She's not in this fucking chapter. And welcome to oh, the show <laughs> that we finally did it. We finally did it right after all these years. Thanks, friends. Good night. <laughs> we are discussing chapter 28. Of Half-Blood Prince. And it's called Snape Prance's Way. And just in case you take this podcast seriously, the chapter's name this time is actually Flight of the Prince, but basically the same thing. This is the time of the show where we acknowledge all of our patrons. As one of our Patreon supporters, you also will get announced in every single one of our episodes. You also get exclusive content every single week. This week is a reaction video, and it is very chaotic, uh, and you don't want to miss it. So $3 a month at our lowest tier, or we have two other tiers with so much extra. And our patrons who get to see all of that content, well, I guess actually you listen to it, are Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Mary Beth, Megan, Nisi, Nicole, and Olivia. Thank you, as always. Oh. All right, I remember this time. Who, who won and lost the last chapter? I can guess if you want me so, to. Yeah, please guess. This time, I think that Dumble won and Snape lost. Even though Dumble Dumb- died. Dumble wins. Yes, he wins and dies. Technically the same thing if you're, you know, living in 2023, so. No more bills. <laughs> Winthrop, you're okay. Winthrop. Winthrop's still here, everybody. Give it up for Winthrop. <laughs> and then the loser is... <laughs> ah, I actually kind of like this loser more, because is no do, which is the opposite of do, and if you don't know what that means, go back a few episodes. Yeah, he's just disgusting. So if he's around, he has like a better chance of losing than other people. So I wrote a thing. Not my I'm best. I'm going thing. to read it while I scratch Winthrop's butt for him. Cool. And while she does that, I'm gonna scratch my own butt. Take it away, Tara. <laughs> okay. What? No. I know you have more things. Yeah, go lick it more. I already licked it all day, Tara. I can't lick it anymore. You're fine, buddy. Okay. (laughs) Chapter 28. (laughs) Did I say your name? Buddy, you're okay. Winthrop's name is chapter 28. Winthrop, you're fine, buddy. Shh, go lay down, please. I know your life is so hard. I wish my life was as hard as yours. This has been a really rough week. (laughs) I mean, it's been a rough week for Winthrop, too. He had to wake up really early all week. You did. I know. I know. You like Winthrop's saying, get a fucking job, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, chapter 28. <laughs> Hold on. Where is it? Where is it, Winthrop? I know you're not done with him. Where did you put it? Ladies and gentlemen, Winthrop has hidden Tara's alive. I saw it with my own two eyes. He jumps up and he grabbed that big old purple thing and his big old doggy mouth and he ran away. And now Tara's mad. It sounds to me 
like she's winning with Rob. I know she's not doing that, but I keep hearing that sound and I'm like, it sounds like a whip to me. But you know me, I don't really know much about whips. That is Sarah Price's expertise. And she is not here this episode. She was here a couple days ago. A couple days ago, like two weeks ago. He actually did finish it. What did he finish? She took like a a dog dish and put fruit and carrots and then water. And he basically licked the water. So he mm-hmm. licked the water. Mm-hmm. I so um, yummy, yum. To get to all the snacks. Read my thing. Okay. Chapter 28. Snape prances away. Harry runs after Snape, straight through the carnage happening throughout the halls of Hogwarts, attempting to fling curses at Snape and the Caros. Harry keeps blocking each one, calling Snape a coward. Essentially, it's a Crash Bandicoot level of a chapter. Yeah. Shout out this- to Crash Bandicoot. Sponsor us. This all ends when the unnamed blonde bitch, not Draco, that they're fleeing with continues to give Harry a taste of his own medicine, but is stopped by Snape. It turns out, calling Snape names is so much more powerful than any spell, as that's what causes Snape to lose his temper. And this is when we we reveal that he <laughs> reveals that. When we reveals that. <laughs> wait for it. This And this is when we reveal that. Wait for it. <laughs> Snape was the half-blood prince all along. What? (laughs) After they skip off, we turn back to Hagrid's hut, which is on fire. Hagrid bravely emerges. Just like the Weasley's house. Just like the Weasley's house. Only that's actually happened. I wrote this. I did not have the You know what? I don't think this happens in the movie, but it happens in the pocket (laughs) book. Okay. (laughs) As they skip off, we turn back to Hagrid's hut, which is on fire. Hagrid bravely emerges from his home, carrying Fang on his shoulders, and then Harry and Hagrid douse the flames, as Hagrid says that Dumble will have no problem fixing this. I hate to tell you this, Hagrid, but I think he's going to have quite a bit of problem doing that this time. As they reapproach the calendar... (laughs) I hope he's at work in the middle of a meeting because I'm leaving my job. So I know it's calendar now. As they reapproach the calendar that Hogwarts, what is it? Was it Castle? <laughs> As they reapproach the calendar, the Hogwarts students do something that they are all very familiar with: waking up to trauma. As the dark mark continues to loom over the sky above Dumbledore's dead body. As if it wasn't bad enough, the locket that Harry and Dumble managed to retrieve from the cave is fake, and inside is a little love note from a previous Horcrux hunter, R.A.B. Actually, so the locket journey... was cake all along. God damn it. All the jokes are coming to me right now. <laughs> the locket was cake all along. <laughs> so this journey was all for nothing. Unless you count this as yet another clue toward finding the Horcrux. Insert joke here about R.I.B. being some other famous person with the initials R.B. Except all the people I could find with those initials are people I've never heard about in my life. Yeah, Robert Brown. Wow, real creative, famous person. Wow, your name is Robert Brown. Sorry. Roger Black. (laughs) Cool. I know that guy. Good one, me. (laughs) Real knee slapper. Okay, let's get into the chapter now. Are you feeding your monsters? No. 
I can Sorry, tell. I'm texting Sharon. I can even tell through the screen. I know. No, it's this know. way. If I were feeding monsters, it would be this way. Okay. I couldn't see her phone until now, but she might be pulling a fast one on me. And she's like, guess what? I'm so good at my singing monsters. I can do it even when my phone is in portrait mode. So joke's on you, Adam. <laughs> I'm actually ignoring you and feeding my monsters after all. I mean, I could. And I've done it before, but no, I was texting Sharon. If my singing monsters doesn't fucking sponsor us, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> like the number one people like my monsters do you want us to do a commercial for you oh my god i know this game it's so much fun to ignore my pet hosting hosts when we're playing five episodes it's called my Sing monsters and you can feed your monsters and they sing for you it's so fucking do <laughs> not my Sing monsters and today on your app phone of choice so anyway in this chapter harry chases fucking snape I think we can move on to the movie now because yeah, no. <laughs> that's, that's all that happens. Because truly, when I put Crash Bandicoot in there, that's what it feels like. It feels like you're just running through, jumping on piranha plants. You just gotta find the crystal and get to the end, and the end is Snape. Because that's really what happens. You know, we get a few things in the middle, like Ginny, McGuh, Ron, Lupin fighting the good fight. He's flinging curses and spells at Snape and that blonde bitch. But who, who is that? You don't even know who it is? I think it's Roll. If they don't say who it is and they just keep calling him the blonde bitch, that motherfucker is Donald Trump. There's no I'm other... Pre- <laughs> okay. um, well, now we know who's playing him in the movie if um, we, they redo the movie. Um, <laughs> that two pages flapping in the wind. Right. Well, I want to say that it's Roll because in the seventh book, when they are like running from the wedding, I want to say that Harry tells Ron and Hermione that the blonde Death Eater that finds them in the cafe, I believe that that was him. Okay. That is interesting. I think he says he was in the tower when Dumbledore died. Okay. So I think it's Roll or Rowl or however the fuck you pronounce it. I don't care. But in this book, he doesn't get a fucking name because he's just a fucking blonde bitch. Yeah, seriously. Like, that was weird. This chapter is just about Snake prancing away. (laughs) That's why it's, oh my God, what was her name? What did I say the last time? Fuck. Go back to the last episode and listen to what I called the author. Uh, That name phoned it in and (laughs) called this chapter Snake Prancing Away. And that's really all that happens. I mean, ultimately, what happens is they get outside. Blonde motherfucker sets Hagrid's house on fire. As Hagrid is sitting there, it gave me vibes of the last book when they were in their astronomy final and people are flinging spells at fucking Hagrid at the end of every fucking book. And this is when Snape starts blocking everything that Harry is throwing at him. They kind of finally get into fisticuffs. Blonde bitches trailing and trying to curse Harry. Snape kind of forks off in two different ways and tells blonde motherfucker, like, stay in your lane. And then Harry, I'm not a coward. And that's when he kind of reveals that he is the Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, because Harry keeps trying to, like, hit him with his own spells. Not only is Snape like, how dare you use my spells against me? That's exactly. That Half-Blood Prince. When they redo the movies, (laughs) that's going to be... How dare you use my own spells against... It's the same voice from the My Singing Monsters commercial. But he also... Or is it like shit was... I know, but he also is still schooling Harry. He's like, um, well, I'm going to keep reading your fucking mind because that's what I do. He makes a dig about learn, his father. Learn occlumency, you bitch. Yeah. And Harry's like, really? Right now? Right now you're telling me to learn occlumency. Like, um, I'm going to start another spell at you. 
You're yep. like, you just fucking murdered Dumbledore. Don't and he's tell like, me. I can't murder Dumbledore without making a dig about your father. So here you go, motherfucker. <laughs> no details are given. I'm assuming we're going to get those in the final two chapters of the book about, you know, Elaine Prince, etc. There's no way that Harry knows, obviously. Like they've built it up, they, because we can't remember what we named the author in the last chapter. They've been alluding it to it this whole time, you know, oh, the prince is a boy, blah, blah, blah. And then Hermione finding the actual name, Eileen Prince and everything. This is supposed to be kind of a double down on the big thing of Snape killing Dumbledore in the last chapter is I've been here the whole time. (laughs) Basically, I'm the fucking half-blood prince. I don't think there's really any way that a first-time reader would be able to see this. No, I don't think so. I mean, what I will say is that I wasn't surprised when I learned it, but I didn't guess it. When it comes out, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It all makes perfect sense. And so I don't think it's a shocking thing or a surprising thing, but it's definitely not an expected thing. That's a good way to say it. Which is good because we just had the shocking thing happen called murder. (laughs) (laughs) Murders in the building. No, just in the tower. Only only murders in the tower. I love that. Because I love that show. Thank you, Ashley. Truly, like, the end of this book is, like, shock after shock after shock. Because it really is, like, they do the journey. They get the Horcrux. They come back. Boom. It's Draco all along. Just like you knew it was. Then, boom. Snape kills Dumbledore. Just like that motherfucker said on the freeway 20 years ago. Then, boom. Snape is the half-blood prince. It's, like, every single loose end getting, like, tied up here. And then there's one more at the end of the chapter. But before we get there, we have to talk before about Before we get Hagrid there. Because well, yeah. Talk about Hagrid, which blonde bitch sets his house on fire. Hagrid, like a fucking king, runs mm-hmm. into the house to save Fang. So it's the king and the quen coming on out like Rocky. I thought it was so crazy for Harry to be like, also like, oh my God, not Hagrid too. Yes. That whole thing. But even like not Fang, because when Hagrid at one point says, Fang's in there, you motherfucker. I think that's literally- Right, Hagrid's like, are you fucking kidding me? That's a harmless dog, asshat. You know, when Hagrid is using words like asshat, you know you did wrong. (laughs) This sets the precedence of Death Eaters doing things haphazardly. And like, we, of course, we've seen it with like Bellatrix in the past. I mean, this is a real life parallel of like the bad politicians showing all their cards and being haphazard and then the people rising up against them, which is about to happen, thankfully. Truly, that's what it is. It's like, oh, we're bad now. Boom, boom, boom. Set the house on fire. Hagrid is exactly what Harry needs right now, too. Like Hagrid is this symbol that pops up in the moments where... He's at his lowest. It always feels like that. And here Hagrid is yet again, which is wonderful. Yeah, I love that Hagrid is there. And I I also love the recklessness in which Harry goes at Snape. Yeah, I do too. He has not been given permission to be reckless, even though he has been reckless. And here, like, I want to give him all the permission to be reckless. And then he comes out throwing everything. And then he sees Hagrid being attacked. And he's just screaming at Snape, calling him a coward. He's like, yeah, you go ahead and kill me. Like, I think this is the most unhinged we see Harry. And unhinged is the wrong word, but like we see him hit that very high peak of, I don't fucking care. Like, you are the very worst. Like, that's basically what he's saying. And he doesn't care. 
And I honestly, think I think unhinged is actually a good term for this moment because it is the most unhinged that we see him, I think. Yeah, I guess you're right. Can you imagine anything worse? Three years in a row, Cedric dies, Sirius dies, now Dumble. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. It's almost like he has a ticket to be unhinged. Obviously, like, he's so upset and distraught when Bellatrix kills Sirius, but Dumbledore is, like, untouchable. And Snape, Dumbledore has spent all this time telling Harry to trust him that Snape is okay, and then he sees that happen. And then the fuckers running around with Snape set Hagrid's house on fire and attack him and his dog. Yes, Harry, like throw as many unforgivable curses as you want at those fuckers, honestly. I completely agree. We always see a brave moment of Harry in every book at this moment. But this one is just so like fierce and so fueled. Honestly, it's the pinnacle of the chapter when you think about it. Well, that's such a good word because... Harry has never done a thing that was unkind or reckless or negative. I guess we'll just stay with the word negative without being prompted to, because that's not who he is. He is not a bad guy. He does not hurt people for the sake of hurting people. He would never throw an unbreakable curse, even at Snape, if he hadn't experienced the last chapter. Yes, he did make that mistake earlier in this book. You know, when he did a spell he didn't know in Draco. But, you know, also stupid teenage boy. You got to mix that in there, too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. In so many ways, it feels to me, and of course, we're analyzing this. That's the point here. Everything that happens here are so big And it almost feels like the buildup to them have been a lot more deliberate. I mean, it's someone who's a huge fan of the series. Who knows? Maybe people didn't see Dumbledore dying. But when we look back at all of the different, like, touch points to this plot, it just doesn't feel as big, especially when it's then followed up by, oh, guess who the Half-Blood Prince is? Okay, great. You know? That's why, to me, I think that we have this nice, soft moment with Hagrid. This tender moment with Hagrid, when they augmentee his house, then, I mean, Hagrid kind of, like, unintentionally gaslights him without knowing, but it's shock in this moment, of course. It's not gaslighting like Hagrid would ever do that. But basically, there's no way that Dumbledore could be dead. And then this kind of, like, mass realization of the entire castle he turns back all the lights are on and you kind of see it in the movie which we'll get to shortly but the whole castle waking up to that Dumbledore is dead what the fuck the way that the book even talks about like oh his eyes were closed he almost looked peaceful if it weren't for like him splayed out which that's an image in itself Mm-hmm. And then just like the last chapter at the very end where they're like, oh, by the way, Snape kills Dumbledore. Oh, by the way, that Horcrux is a fake and some R.I.D. planted it there. I really like how it's like Harry gets to there and just knows something is wrong. Oof. Okay, what else can there be, you know? Yeah. It feels like the book gives you so many different like hits here, one after the other. If we were reading this uninterrupted, you know, I, I usually read two chapters at the same time. This is a time where you can't put the book down because it's just thing after thing after thing after thing. And even with two chapters left, you're like, oh my God, what else is left? I just remember the first time I read that being like, oh no, exactly what was intended, but just to like feel so upset. Are um, you scratching the butt? I am scratching the butt. I hope so, because otherwise it looks really weird. <laughs> the dog's not mine. That means you have a very wide butt, and I've seen your butt, and I've touched your butt, and it is not that wide. I have a nice scratch your butt if you move away from me. You're okay. 
I'm done with this. I'm done with your butt. For me, I find it really, really sad to think about Hagrid, like what Dumbledore was for him, and like also that reiteration that Hagrid doesn't believe that happened because Harry's like Snape killed Dumbledore, and he's like, "Yes, Harry, what are you talking about?" And it just makes me even more sad, especially because yeah. like we lost some of his bow truckle friends who died in the fire. That too. Fuck Great. this one Death Eater. Fuck him. That's a good point. Like, if you apply that same thing to any other character, what does Dumbledore's death mean for McGonagall? What does it mm-hmm. mean for, I mean, anyone, the entire order, any student? The order, yeah. What's Draco thinking in this moment? It's traumatic for everybody there. We talked a little bit in the Snape episode with Sarah a couple episodes ago about how there's this, In actually, it might have been a Patreon exclusive, but something about how Snape needing to kill the person who cared about him probably the most ever. There's probably some trauma there too. It's a shitty situation all around. There's no putting glitter on this turd. Can we go back and talk about Snape being a coward? We can, because that coward word really got to him, didn't it? So do you think Snape's a coward? Yes. I think in many ways, he shows that at the root, he's a coward. He did an unforgivable vow, which sure, that takes bravery. Why not? But him having to kill Dumbledore, he was forced to, you know, like, Mm -hmm. just like Draco, Snape didn't really have a choice. He put himself in this instance. But as a whole, I do think that the way that he treats Harry, I mean, we had a whole episode on this. I do think Snape is a coward. Coward, you know, is limiting. Throughout our lives, all of us are cowards. All of us are brave. All of us are X, Y, Z. But when you look at the through line of Snape, as we see it in the series, I think he's a coward, yes. I agree with you, but I don't think he's a coward for the reasons that Harry thinks he's a coward here. Sure. But Harry doesn't know the full story. Obviously, like, that is the whole catalyst for why he names his fucking child after him, whatever. I actually think it's fascinating that this is the moment that Harry is calling him out for being a coward because he thinks him killing Dumbledore is cowardly. It's not brave. I don't think his killing Dumbledore was brave. Obviously, it was just rearranged. But in this moment, I don't think he's being brave, but I think he is he is pushing forward with what he needs to do. And what Snape takes on by killing Dumbledore, this is why I hate that Harry saw him in the movie kill Dumbledore. He is now solidified that he cannot sit on both sides. Everyone in the order thought Snape was good. And everyone in Voldy's little groupie, like, Snape is on our side. And so all the Death Eaters were like, Snape's a double agent. Yes. All of Dumble's people already knew Snape was a double agent. But now Snape does not have Dumble to yeah. kind of monitor that. And the reason why is because he had to kill Dumble. So McGonagall and the Weasleys and Lupin, Mad Eye and the people who are yeah. around, like Harry, they have lost the person who was like, just trust me on this. And there's no more of that side being like, actually, Snape is good. That is not cowardly. I don't know that it's brave, though. I think that it's, well, I think that he can't turn back. He yeah. can't undo any of that. He can't play both sides now, which is extra crazy because now he's pretending 100% to be on the one side, but he's actually 100% on right. the other. I had actually written something down similar to this in my notes. It's like, okay, well, now where does he go? He apparates away from Hogwarts. He has to pretend this entire time. I mean, that's exactly it. You put mention something that I didn't think of, because I'm the villain of this podcast. But essentially, 
everybody who has been listening to Dumbledore say, trust me, trust me. I trust Snape. I trust Snape. Snape kills him. What are they supposed to think? What are they supposed to think? Now, I mean, who knows? Maybe Dumbledore had conversations with Snape. It's like, okay, after you kill me, this is likely to happen. So these are your next marching orders. And now he's fully a spy at this point. Right. Well, I, um, I don't even know that he would even have that conversation with Snape. But I don't think Snape is smart enough to know that's exactly what's going to happen. And they show in the prince's tale in the seventh book, them having a conversation in which Snape is like, you are taking all of this for granted. And I think that's where, and we'll obviously talk about it more in the seventh book, that's where we can be a little more generous with the label brave when it comes to Snape. Mm -hmm. But here, I think it's, he's a victim of the circumstance that every choice he's made up to here led him up to here, led him to this moment. I do not think that what happened in this chapter is cowardly. But I definitely agree that he is a coward. He is a coward. When it comes down to it, he's a coward. Well, and the one thing else that I thought of in the next book is when he sends out his Doe Patronus. Things like that. Like, were those already pre-planned by Dumbledore? So putting yourself in Snape's shoes at this point is kind of interesting. Now he's fully alone. But kind of also like we talked about in the chapter with Sarah, where we talked about Snape. Yes, he's his whole life he's been alone. It's almost like he's prepared for this in a way. And it ends up being like his kind of big final opus. So my one other question for you in this chapter, and we kind of already talked about it. Obviously, I did a Google search on it. Is there anybody else that could be R.A.B.? What is the reader thinking when they see R.A.B.? I think a lot of the readers figured it out. Black, a very prominent name. That's another one that you're like, okay, you're not surprised when you learn the truth. You're also kind of expecting it, but at the same time, like, I don't think it takes away from the story. I remember all of the, like, conspiracy theorists and everything between this book and the last book, people being like, well, what if, but it couldn't be, you know, who were definitely, like, convinced that it wasn't Regulus Black. Mm. You know, and so like that was a really fascinating time. I kind of remembered speculating on it and being like, well, it's either going to be Regulus or someone we've never met because that's really all you had to go on because there's no one else in the series with those initials as far as I know. When you think of book seven, there's not a lot of new characters necessarily introduced. Like I even think of Griphook being reintroduced. You know, Xenophilius obviously pops up, but that's a far cry. Yeah, I guess I, that makes sense. Because, I mean, B being Black, you know, who else? When you think of B names, what pops up? Not very much. Obviously, we have a few more segments to do, but it will be interesting these final two chapters to really, like, unpack any other details to kind of give us a nice little package at the end of the, the book, for sure. Oh, yeah. What game you got for me? It's not that exciting, but it is a 20 questions game. I still like 20 questions. Last time was a little bit rough, but that's my fault. So (laughs) So this 20 questions is three-parter and it's a person, place, and a thing. Okay. That appear in this chapter. So go ahead. So person, is it a good guy? Yes. Okay. Is this person a member of the Order of the Phoenix? No. So this person is a student? Yes. Is this person a female presenting? No. Is this person never long battle? It is. <laughs> Ooh. A Tara's true boyfriend. Yeah. But look out for the never long bottom mega mix in episode <laughs> 574. 
That's the entire episode. Just yeah, at that point, we're going to be, like, hooked up to a machine, you know? So we're going to have to, like, phone in some of these episodes. We ready for the next one? Yes. Uh, person place. So it's a place. Is it Hagrid's hut? No. <laughs> when you said person place or thing, I'm like, I mean, it's Hagrid's hut, right? Is this a portion of Hogwarts? Yes. Is this the astronomy tower? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad you waited to do thing last because this is the hard one. Okay. Yes, because there are probably more things in this chapter. Is this something that Harry owns? No. Is this something that we see in the background during the Crash Bandicoot chase of Harry after Snape? Yes. That is what I feared. <laughs> Because I have no idea what this thing is. <laughs> that um, is what I feared. Okay, is this something that is associated to a specific character? No. Is this something that is at Hogwarts? That is like, just like, it's a thing that is in the hallways at Hogwarts? Yes. Is this the Gryffindor hourglass thing? God damn it, yes! Oh, I'm so relieved. Because I remember <laughs> that. So that you know that we actually do phone things in, listeners. I was reading these at my lunch hour at work because this week has been so crazy that the time that I was going to prepare for this, I was like, I need to take some personal time and get absolutely fucking mortally stoned. <laughs> and I'm not going to prepare for the episode stoned. That's not going to be happy for anyone. So I truly did. Like I read through these chapters as fast as I could at my lunch hour. And <laughs> that's the only thing I could remember. So kudos me. I'm you, so man. I was like, oh, he's not going to get that one. Well, I was wrong. As oh, well. usual. <laughs> I just said, kudos to me. I made myself pregnant. What's that from Tara? What? Subscribe to our Patreon to learn. Moving on to the movie. <laughs> Honestly, all I remember is him running down that hill like Kate Bush and everything's on fire. And then Snape and him have a little like thing. And he's like, I'm a blood prince. And he disappears. And then everyone puts their wands to the sky. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, except for the wands to the sky is the next chapter. A lot of cool like filmography. Like Snape looks really cool. How dare you say that after I did the Mega Mix? Daddy Snape, Snape looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> the way that they framed the shot, the way he moves, like they just, and obviously Alan Rickman just has this very specific presence. There's definitely like a moment where it's like, that will always stick with you. We talk about the fact that the locket doesn't really look like a locket. I don't think I have this anymore because I have a lot of Harry Potter memorabilia, as you know. I used to have a fake plastic locket and the chain had broken off of it because it was the cheapest shit. And so I put yarn on it <laughs> for a while. And that's what I feel like this is. It's the, like the biggest knockoff. Yeah, you know, as I think about it, what that moment is, noticing the RAB in the locket, is really the catapult into the next book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, okay, well, we have X amount of Horcruxes we need to find. Obviously, we know how this is going to end. So there is that, at the very least, from a plot perspective. There's no way to not make the end of this book super disappointing. The end of book five is like, okay, finally the world realizes it, you know? But the end of mm -hmm. book four, it's just this, like, uncertainty that is very uncomfortable and stuff. And you feel that again here, for sure, too. So, oh, yeah, you're like, what happened? You know, because at the end of every book, Dumbledore is there to fix everything or to be like, Harry, you did a good job fixing everything. He is not 
there. The next chapter is probably the most I've cried reading the books up to this point. Well, if I had my tear duct still, I guess I would have something to look forward to. I, of course, give plus 20 to Hagrid. I think that Hagrid is mm-hmm. definitely like the big comfort that we need here. It's not perhaps even enough in this chapter, but it's very much like a beacon, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to give five points to Neville, Ginny, McGuh, Ron, Tonks, and Lupin, because those are the names that I think I saw who fought. I'm sure Hermione's there, but she wasn't mentioned. So no points to you. Oh, no points, Hermione. I didn't know it all. You weren't mentioned. So negative 50 to Snape. Some of this is coming off of him killing Dumble, obviously, but this whole thing of just like he's prancing away to, so that he can apparate safety and he's blocking all these being like, your father was a piece of shit. Also, I'm the half-blood prince. Bam! No. Negative 50. <laughs> And then I'm also taking 30 away from unnamed blonde motherfucker because you set Hagrid's house on fire. That was rude. Also, you're probably ugly. I don't know what your name is, but I'm you're just that she's ugly. Yeah. You're ugly and you're mean, and that's really bad. Those are two really bad things to be. Those so. are really bad things. You're a bad bitch. Not a bad bitch in a good way, bad bitch in a bad way, you bitch. Well, next up, we're gonna be reading um chapter 29. Chapter- the Phoenix Lament. So Fox is sad. Fox is sad. Then he's like, fuck this place. I got to go. Yes. And when Fox is sad, all of us are sad. So be prepared to get sad in the next episode. So we'll catch them. To be sad. Get ready to be sad. Bye. Yay! Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Gorkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basic snitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!